0: I am a video maker, visual effects, motion graphics artist, storytelling production studio. I build video with passion and love. Visit me now at Adamstaltz.com
1: I failed out of college. I was starting a business in college. And when I did, I thought my world was over, right? Like I was the first person in my immediate family to go to, to, go to college and I blew it, Right. Looking back, not only am I super happy that happened because it created a whole string of events that led me to where I am today, but I also don't regret going there because that led to a whole lot of, I mean, um, uh, my wife that I'm married to, um, having a business here, being the mayor of Westminster, none of that would have happened if I didn't come here, right. but gauge wouldn't have happened if I didn't fail out. So it, it's, it's one of those things.
0: Welcome to Around Town, Carroll County, the show about people in Carroll County doing wonderful things and how you too can build a thriving business or nonprofit and live out your own dream instead of being paid to build someone else's. I'm your host, Adam Stoltz, owner of Digital Consulting, LLC, a company focused on video marketing and content creation for your business, making your complex video projects simple. If you like what you see in here today, please be sure to subscribe, like, share, leave a five-star rating. You can also donate to our calls right on our homepage at aroundtowncc.com. We can't thank you enough in advance for your support. My guest today, yes, we are cramming all three of us up here in the attic studio today. Uh, They are partners at Gage Digital Media. They are also partners with Corey Ditzel at Maryland IT & Voice. Joe himself has been mayor at the City of Westminster from 2017 to 2021. He is a trustee of Hey Westminster, which we'll talk about later. He's also been a 40 Under 40 honoree 2021 for the Baltimore Business Journal. And Brett uh, currently is an active board member for the Carroll County Tech Council, and has served throughout the years on several nonprofit boards in the area. Please help me welcome to the show, uh, Joe Dominic and Brett Calligari, guys. Thanks for being here.
1: Thanks for having thanks us. Thanks for having us, Adam. Appreciate it. Of course.
0: It. So hopefully we'll get Brett on the uh, the camera here. We've got a little GoPro up there to to, to let him in. Yeah, let him know you're here. Um, guys for those I don't know how uh, no one could know at this point but just in case for those that don't know what is Gage Digital Media
1: so Gage Digital Media we are a digital marketing agency um you know when you think of a digital marketing agency um we, we provide uh, web design we do uh, search engine optimization uh, pay per click advertising like search advertising on Google uh, f- advertising on Facebook social media management um and, and a, a bunch of other things um but uh you know what we do is we help organizations, um, connect with, you know, the clients, we, we help people get clients, um, or, or spread awareness in some cases. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so how, how did, uh, gauge get started? Was it, was it just you in the beginning? Uh, in the very beginning. So in the very beginning, um, I, I acted, I was, you know, I was a, a loan operator, right? Most of us, when we started business, it's just us. Yep. And um, you know, I so I started Gauge uh, specifically, um, and the whole name Gauge, our logo, and everything uh, kind of makes sense when you when you when you know that we started in automotive, so automotive dealerships and auto groups, and it was just me. Um, uh, you know, and after a couple of years, um, uh, you know, Brett came on as uh, as a salesperson, and. You know, very early on, you could tell Brett was very entrepreneurial, and um, we, you know, had a lot of those like late conversations when you're in a young company and you're you're trying to figure things out. And we both wanted to turn Gauge into something bigger into, into an agency. And um, it wasn't long after that that he became a partner. So I, I kind of, the way I like to put it is maybe I, I, I legally st- you know started Gauge as an LLC, <laughs> right. but it didn't become an agency until Brett and I partnered up, and um, and you know we, st- we we basically started it together. Nice, nice. And uh, when, when was that, Brett? How long has, how many years has that been?
2: That is June or July of 2015 is when we started. And, uh, you know, one of the things that was motivating for me is when we were, it, was, it really started as proof of concept. Like Joe, Joe said, and we started in the automotive industry. He approached me and said, I want to talk to you about something and see if it works. And if it works, it could turn into a partnership. And uh, probably one of the best things that ever happened to me. So Awesome. awesome.
1: You said it here.
2: Uh, of yeah, here, yeah, it's, all, it's one being record recorded now. and to go right to his head uh, uh, i've yeah.
0: never actually told him that you know joe's gonna like... have this on repeat on his desktop every time you walk into his <laughs> office but, and what i'm gonna do
1: is i'm gonna reach out to you and i'm gonna get a reel done to permit me and in that multiple times we're gonna, <laughs> we're we're just gonna, gonna have, sample that yeah
0: how how grateful bread is <laughs> i love it well um one thing and i think it's it's very evident too if anyone gets the pleasure to come into your new office now i would say uh oh i guess semi-new it's i guess it's been a little bit but um, one thing that's, that's evident right off the bat is your company culture. Um, I think you guys have hired well. You can tell everyone there is happy to be there. They love what they're doing. They, they greet people when they come in. Um, so what is it about company culture that you find so important? And why did
1: you make sure that that was a staple of, of Gage? So almost everybody would rather do other things than work, right? best including, including me, I would rather be with my family or friends, um, pursuing my hobbies, but we all have to work. And if we're going to spend, um, you know, eight, sometimes more hours a day doing it, right. it shouldn't be somewhere that you don't want to be. Um, if you're going to have to work, it should, it should be like, you should be doing the best case scenario, like what you want to do for work. And so we try to create a culture and, and that's, on many levels that, that starts with hiring people that we think are going to enjoy the job. We don't want someone that's just looking for a job. We, we, right. we look for people that are looking to get into digital marketing or whatever specific, um, you know, specialty that, uh, that, that they're, they're applying for. Sure. So we really strive and it's a constant conversation. When we have, we have two partner meetings every month. Every single part of me, we discuss something about how do we either continue keeping something good for, for, for our team members or how to improve it or add something. It's a constant, you know, evolution. Um, but we want people to, you know, if people are comfortable at work, they enjoy what they're doing and they have an overall good experience. They're going to work harder. They're going to be happier. You're going to have less turnover. It's, it's, it's good business sense to have, you know, good culture and to invest the time and the money into doing it.
0: Yeah. It makes total sense. Um, I mean, how how have you seen that change over the year for you guys, Brett, as as far as keeping everybody happy and and on the same page? Well, I
2: would would say that it's never ending. We're always trying to improve it. You know, something early on when, if you go back to 2015, like you asked me about, initially we just wanted to see if if this thing would work. Um, And then it seems like over the past, I don't know, several years, three, four years, we've really we've had a shift to focus on company culture. So it's one of the, it's one of the number one things that we think about. And something that sticks out to me is when we're going through the interview process and we're looking for a new team member, it's generally myself and Joe, and then one or two of our leadership team members. And when we Mm -hmm. open it up to the interviewee in that moment, uh, to ask us questions, one of the questions we get all the time is what is your favorite thing about gauge and myself, Joe, the one or two other team members that are with us. We all answer the same way, and it's the people and the culture. So it's it's just a huge focus for us.
0: Well, and I can see. I mean, nowadays where people are struggling to to find employees, um, I've actually gotten a lot of requests for videos lately about hiring videos. You know, come work for us. And and I, I it's I find it amazing that I have to say this, but I have to coach most people. Like, look, no one cares about what you like, how it feels to you every day, or what you like about it you have to tell the viewer what, like why they're going to love it. Right. I mean, yeah. and, and, and really until you can cross that threshold, like you said, of showing them the company and the culture and, and what it is, then it's going to be hard to reach that person and get them to reach out. I would think.
1: Yeah. 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 And, and like, I think, um, you talk about, I guess competitive, uh, you know, the competitive nature of hiring. Now, um, most people get culture entirely wrong and yeah. we're by no means perfect. We're, constantly trying to improve we we constantly make mistakes um but we're always trying to improve it but i think i think one of the things that's happened um since since like the silicon valley era came along and you hear about all these fun things they do you know the ping pong tables and this and that right and like people think that's company culture and that's like a symptom of company culture and it's a small part of it like we had a ping pong table for years in our other uh, office uh you know when we moved we had to table that but you know we we have the arcade machine we have like the fun kitchen that's always fully stocked with drinks and and um and food and snacks we have uh, a pizza oven out back uh like a, a you know we have like fun stuff right we, we have outdoor working areas but that's not really company culture right no. company culture is really like giving people the time actually caring about those people like we are like our team members we're we're friends like when we get to get like everyone's working from home almost all the time now but when we have get-togethers we do like a culture event once a month we go places like People really enjoy hanging out and seeing people. We work with each other every day. Like we really have a team that, when someone needs something, someone's willing to go above and beyond to help them because they care not just about themselves and the company, but about the other people they work with. And uh, we're always willing to give the time and effort to to our team members. And I think you know, I think they're always willing to give that time and effort to each other. And that's that's like real company culture. Like all the fun stuff is like a small, small part of it, but it's building the relationships and the trust and um, actually, you know, like people people caring about their job um you know and and it it spills over into the clients too the clients can tell so that's well and i'm glad you
0: clarified that too Mm because i've worked for plenty of companies that it was like hey we have the ping pong table i mean one guy had a a kegerator i mean you know like i've worked at places where you know you had the cool stuff but i i think they were all missing exactly what you just touched on unless you actually legitimately care about that person as a human being as a father as someone that has needs outside of work I, i really it doesn't mean anything at the end of the day.
1: It, it, well it doesn't it's short-lived right yeah. because you have you have a lot of you know specifically like sales organizations right where it's a high pressure. And there's a lot of pressure, and if you don't hit your quota for a few months, you're in trouble, or maybe you lose your job. And you can have all the ping pong tables and pool tables, <laughs> and you can have the big events where they go out and they spend a bunch of money on dinner and, and drinks and everything. But if you're constantly, if you, if, you, if at any point you're 90 days away from losing your job for poor performance, how like how invested are you? You always have a backup plan at that right. point, right? So so that that's just where we're at. You know, if if a salesperson, that's just the one example, but if a salesperson's had poor performance for one, two, three months, you know. My thing is give them a chance to talk because maybe there's something going on in their life that that you you don't I wouldn't necessarily ask, right? But um maybe maybe they'll tell you, maybe there's something going on and and you can help alleviate some of the stress and help get them back on track. Cause no one that has something bad going on in their life also wants to do poorly at work. Cause it just adds to the stress. So right. they tr- they probably just need some help or some guidance instead of uh, the hammer, right? And yeah. we, we don't operate like that. Like we we don't do that. We, we don't micromanage anybody. If you need to be micromanaged, um, we're not a good fit. Like, and that's part of the interview process. So all of those things, you know, you piece it together, that's company culture and the the ping pong table's fun. You know, the, right. the events that we have, they're fun and they help build those relationships but that's not like people always want to talk to us about that because we we do i think we have the coolest office in westminster it's, yeah, it's um nice. and, i mean we have one of the coolest offices i've ever seen like it's really neat right but um that's not you know the sit stand desks are great but that that actually may be company culture because one day we found out everyone all the runners and lifters in the office had tight hamstrings so we went out and got sit stand desks <laughs> that actually is us you know making yeah. a decision but um yeah people always want to focus on the fun stuff and that's not really company culture company well, culture is no. digging in and treating people investing your time in your team that's really company culture yeah
0: because another example i'd bring up i mean most jobs in the video world to find a decent salary i was driving to baltimore a lot you know so three hours in the car and then i would get you know told i wasn't a team player because i didn't want to hang out and go drinking until nine o'clock at night and then drive an hour home it was like well you don't want to be a part of the team it's like no i'm tired i've worked all day i want to go home and then you're asking me to drive home intoxicated like it doesn't make sense to me you know but i was being told like well you're not a member of the team so you know, I think that stuff, too, gets kind of carried away. And, and at the end of the day, yeah. as we said, it's, it's really what does that person need? How can you best <clears> serve them? And if you care about them, I think you're going to have a good employee for life, no doubt. Um, and I certainly as I, I slowly start to uh, try to hire some people, um, that's first and forth, first, you know, in, in my mind is how quickly can I pay this person? How can I make sure they're happy? Um, because I want to show them that, you know, the experience with me is going to be different than any other videographer. And I'm hoping that's going to serve me down the road. You know, as far as being able to find people when you need them and all that good stuff. So uh, completely makes sense. Um, let's let's we I know we have some other things we want to jump into, but just because part of the reason we're here is because of this organization and I have yet to mention them and I know you're a trustee for them. Um, let's digress a little a little bit and talk about. Hey, Westminster. OK, um, so. I know there's a lot of people out there that still haven't heard of them. Um, if you haven't, check them out. Uh, and Joe, just just tell us kind of what Hey Westminster is and what you guys are doing in the community.
1: Yeah. So um, there's no like official leader of Hey Westminster, but there is an unofficial leader. It's Josh Ambrose, and I know you you know him. Yeah. Um, he kind of spearheaded it and put it together. It's a we're a chapter of uh, the Awesome Foundation, right? And that's a I, I think that's worldwide. I don't think it's just national, but it's a big organization. Yeah. And, um The idea is you give micro grants. Um, without like really strings, right? So um, so somewhat, you know, like a lot of times uh, an organization gives grants, or you have to hit all these these, these marks and, and rightfully so. With big lumps of money, you gotta do that, right? right. Um, but this is more of like, you know, once a month, we vote on a winner, we get all these applications in, and it could be a nonprofit, it could be a business, it could be anything. But they have to tell us specifically what like what their plan is, right? It can't just be like, well, it's going to help my business, it's going to be, you know, if you're, um, if you're a bookstore, you want to you want to build a, a wall that's going to have this, this and this in it, um, give some specific examples like that. But like we we um, we want to give a micro grant, so it's a thousand dollars, right? So it's not it's not going to change a whole lot, but it, it, but to so, a small business, it can mean a lot, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, especially for a project like that um, or a nonprofit that's getting started. But we also offer more value because um, every time. Um, we donate a video. One of the members, uh, one of the trustees, um, also does video, um, and he—that's he, Justin, right? Yeah, Justin that's Willett? Justin. Yeah, yeah um, uh, I love Justin. I wasn't going to come in here promote him. Too no, it's good. I, I, right? I love so, Justin. Justin's yeah, a great so, guy. Yeah, yeah, does yeah, good uh, work. We, we play really well with our competitors. I just not want to like come in and like promote it real hard. No, you're like, good, do, man. Do a 30 second piece on <laughs> Justin Will. So um, yeah, so he comes out. He does a great job, and he, he gives them a chance to, to do what we're kind of doing here, which is like. You know, talk about the the nonprofit or the business, and then that message gets amplified. And in some cases, uh, between that and some other media exposure in the newspaper that we've gotten, and we, we really try to push that and share it. Yeah. Um, people have gotten bigger grants and other support that have dwarfed what we've given them but it's happened because of the initial grant that we gave also. and that's really what we want to see you know we, we, we've helped a lot of um, a lot of small businesses and, and, and non-profits and we've been doing it for like uh, it's a year and a few months we're between like a year and 18 months somewhere in there and um, it's been really it's been a really good experience but it's all about how we make Westminster awesome right like what are things that are going to make Westminster great and that could be again that's why the full gamut is it doesn't have to be a nonprofit. it could be right. a business it could be anything does it have to be someone from westminster it doesn't necessarily have to be someone from westminster so to say because I, I skirted around that then no you're fine so <laughs> it's about people so like there's a greater community in carroll county and, yeah. and maryland in and, and the world right so there are people but it has to have some kind of impact on westminster, westminster. and i would say that you have an impact on westminster right you've done yeah. things like doing this has a big impact on westminster what you're doing here has um you know it's similar to some of the stuff we're doing at hey westminster right so um, you don't have to be in Westminster. You don't have to do business in Westminster, but it has to affect Westminster somehow. And that's part of the process. That's what we vote on. We say how influential, like we've had, and it's tough because sometimes people will, yeah. will apply and it's this great thing that just like pulls at your heart. But as an organization like that, you have to have some kind of standard and boundary and it has to have a positive effect. on if, if you're not affecting Westminster at all, Right. We're not the organization for you. We can, we certainly point them in other directions that we try to help them out. Right, we're, right. Um, but, uh, it's, you know, that's the idea. It's, it's, is this going to make Westminster a better place to live, work and play? If it is, you're a good candidate. Good.
0: Well, and, and, uh, part of the reason you're seeing this today is because, Hey, Westminster made me February, I believe February's winter. Um, so they've definitely done good stuff in the area. And again, if you're a nonprofit or a business in the area, you could use just a little extra funding or a little support. Uh, what is the website they go to to fill out the, the documentation to apply?
1: It's a good question. It's, um, I think it's just, hey, Westminster. I don't know if it's .org. Um,
0: so just could, Google search, hey, Westminster. I'm sure it'll pop up. It, it does. It, yeah.
1: Honestly, when I need to find it, I just Google search it. It pops up. That's how like I type in everything. <laughs> gotcha, yeah. it, it, it will. So yeah, hey, it's, hey, Westminster. And Westminster's got an exclamation point on the end. Yeah. So definitely check them out. And uh,
0: uh, Joe and I were joking earlier because, uh, of course, as you all know, I do video. Justin Willett does as well. Um, But uh, Justin Willard is someone I would definitely tell you, if you're looking at video, also give him a call, give him a chance. Um, Definitely want to work with people that you like and Justin's a good dude, so.
2: One thing, Mm -hmm. um, I I am still here that I wanted to uh, just- Yeah, Yeah, Brett is with us though. I wanted to find a way to talk real quick. Um, (laughs) So with Hey Westminster, I'm not a part of the organization in the the way that Joe is, but one thing that I do is is follow um, the grant recipients online. And I think kind of being on the outside of it, One of the really cool things that you get from that is visibility i've learned about a bunch of um, organizations businesses things that i had no clue were happening in the community because of hey westminster so i I think it's awesome such a cool concept yeah yeah i love it and i
0: agree that's why we align so well um i've i've had plenty of people with my show be like i didn't even know that person existed which again i mean A lot of the winners that you had that that Josh sent me to to look to see who we could have on the show, I was like, wow, I didn't even know they were in this area. So, yeah, very,
1: very cool. I was the mayor there, and I didn't know all these people. right And they're in the city doing things, a lot of them. And, you know, it, it... it, it's amazing how many things are going on that you just don't know about. It's yeah. better, even when you're trying to like uncover all of those things, um, so it, for me, it's been it's it's been the same experience.
0: Well, not yeah. only doing things, but I've, you know, one reason I started this show, I realized media, especially nowadays, is used for a lot of negativity, a lot of you know, just anger and spewing just crap, uh, and and between. You know this show and Hey Westminster. It's it's highlighting the good things people are doing. It's highlighting that look, people are out there trying to make your community a better place. They just need a little love and support. And I'd rather tell that story than let's be angry at one another. You know.
1: Yeah. So uh, that that negative that negative media you're talking about is large. It's everywhere. It's, it's everywhere, largely yeah. mass media, right? Yeah. Um. One of you know, in social media gets a a lot of a uh, hate. People people hate on social media a lot and i know we're in the business we all are to some extent yeah um it's not a major piece of what we do necessarily but it's we're in there so i have to say that to to, to point out my conflict but i will say that um i find way more positivity on social media because i like that stuff i give it i give social media signals that i enjoy seeing those things my tiktok feed is full of it's happy animals i mean there's the, the occasional thing i do like news i like history and that's full of a lot of bad things but i will say that social media if you do it right right um really can change how you think and how you feel about the world when you're mixing in a lot of these positive things so there's a lot more of that on there than it is these big news networks well and i'm glad you brought that up because i would say the main problem with social media are the echo chambers yep. it's
0: going to serve you what you focus on it is And 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 honestly though i would say you can translate that to your mindset though i mean if you're going to do <clears> it on social media I mean, one of the biggest lessons I had to learn, especially when starting my own business was mindset. And the second, it's funny, the second you start realizing I should focus on positive things that, you know, people talk about gratitude all the time, but there's a reason it's powerful. If that's what you're focusing on, the good things as opposed to the bad things, it's funny how your life improves.
2: It, I mean,
1: it is. Definitely. First of all, you're in a better mood, right? You're yeah. going to be more productive when you're in a better mood, but it's true. If, if you're always focused on what you don't want to happen, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen, but you're not focused on the good stuff and you're not going to make that happen. If you wake up every morning and think of like the things that you want to happen, you're just more likely to spend time. It's not magic. It's not, you know, that book, like the secret that people talk right. about. I think that the end result is likely true. Like the book, um, if you start at the beginning and then just read the end, it's all the stuff in the middle. That's like the universe doing this or that, right? right. I don't I don't, I don't think that's the case, but I do think that if you, if you put that front of your mind every single day, you, you know, it, it, it doesn't mean you're going to get it, but it makes it a lot easier right. than if, than if you're worried about the stuff you don't want. Cause if you spend all your time thinking about that, you're just more likely to get it.
0: Yeah. We, the secrets come up a lot on the show. What I always say is I think they just missed one little part of the secret because <clears throat> the book kind of comes across as like, well, if you think it, it just happens. Well, no thinking's the first step effort. <laughs> effort is the second step. And working towards that for it to come into
1: fruition. Yeah. That's the, you know. What, but they got, they nailed the first step, yeah. right? They got it. You got it. You got it. And, and vision, uh, you know, I spent a lot of my life being involved in like athletics, right? And I always visualized everything. And I tried to visualize every single scenario. And um, when you visualize you winning, whether it's. It's, um, you know, not necessarily winning the game, but like the little wins in a, in a, in a, in a game or a sport, yeah. you're just, you're more prepared to handle something when it comes up. And it's, it's the same thing. If it's always on the top of your mind, you're way more likely to get it. And I, I will, I will you know say that till the day I die. I think it's uh, yeah. one of the biggest things about being an entrepreneur, being a business owner or just living life, right? It doesn't, you don't have to be a business owner to have that mindset. I think right. if, you, if you, if you want something, think about it, make it a priority and in, in, uh, every day.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any
0: thoughts over there,
2: uh, Brett? No, it's just been a very motivational past two minutes or so. Good. Um, so I'm you're gonna, feeling jazzed I'm up? I'm gonna over wake there. up every morning and and, <laughs> and I call Brett every morning and I wake him up
1: with a motivational speech. <laughs> I
0: like it. I like it. Well, and I think you brought up a good point too because we've also mentioned on the show, even the show is is about entrepreneurship and starting your own thing and believing in yourself. We've we've said multiple times we don't want we don't want you if you if you are an employee somewhere we don't want you thinking like we're completely bashing that lifestyle. That's, some people are great employees and that's where they want to be, but uh, to your point, I think even as an employee of a business, having goals, having visions of where you want to go in that business or what you want to achieve, is going to serve you just as well as if it was your own company.
1: Yeah, I would even say that the owners of businesses really serve their employees more than the other way around. I, I think I've been. Most of my day trying to figure out how to solve their problems, <laughs> um, you know. So, um, so yeah, and, and, and I, I will even go as far as to say that the vast majority of people are going to fall into one bucket or the other, and that's a natural thing. That's hard to break into the other one. I think there are some people that could go either way, yeah. but I think if you're someone that's truly entrepreneurial, like you know, in in your heart, I think it's very hard to work for somebody else. Yeah. Um, but I also think that if you're someone that doesn't wake up every like if you're in a if you're in a position where you are, you know, a salaried employee and you, you have a job and you don't like it, um, and every day you don't wake up just trying to figure out how to start a business, you probably shouldn't do it, right? Like you should either be obsessed or don't do it because it's really hard and there's yes. a lot, you know, it's, it's not easier than working for a company. Yeah. It's definitely not. Um, but I, I think you're, you fall into one or two buckets. And I think most people are gonna, you know, most people that have fulfilled lives are, are, are an employee somewhere. Um, and there's a really good way to do that. I think that you yeah. just have to find the right place, right? Yeah. Um, find, find a boss, find, find a, a company that has a leadership team that is like you. Right. You know, and that, that's well, the key. Because I agree with you. I mean, I knowing now what I know, I, I should have been an
0: entrepreneur, but I was always scared. I, I mean, you know, you're in control of your, you know, if that's exciting to some. I was terrified. Like I'm in control of my own cash flow, my own money, like where it's coming from, how it's. And I was just fortunate enough to be married to Kelly, who's been doing it for, you know, by herself for over a decade that grabbed me and was like, listen, she could see it. She's like, you will not be happy until you work for yourself. And she's 100% right. Yeah. Um, so. It's uh it's that it's that initial leap which is scary. And then uh you know that, that next leap of of hiring someone I hear is the next scary step in, in the entrepreneur.
1: It is. So it's all super scary. And to make to make matters worse, like we really started this agency and, and everything right when I was like having a child, you know, so it was, like, and I know you, you just, you recently just had yep. a child, right? So that makes everything more scary, right? All you think about now is like your possible mortality and everything that can <laughs> yeah, go wrong. It's weird right. that you say yeah, that, yes. It is like, it, that's the biggest change when you become a parent, I have right? thought about more about
0: yeah. my mortality yeah. lately yeah. than I ever um, have.
1: But starting a business is like the second scariest thing, right? So like, um, it, it, it definitely is. And, and you mentioned the transition from being like a one person business into being, uh, to having a, a staff. And I think that, um, that could be scary and, and but I think one of the biggest I think one of the most important traits uh, for a business owner um, or anyone in any leadership position is being self-aware and yeah. knowing what you're good at and what you're not and make sure you spend almost all of your time on the things you're good at. Now when you're when you're by yourself, you got to do it all, right? I bootstrapped. <laughs> My books were a mess. There's, you know, like, that's not the kind of stuff I'm good at, right? right. Um, Brett and I, and unfortunately, Brett and I have a very similar profile, <laughs> we don't compliment each other very well. We agree with each other on almost everything, which is helpful. But we don't balance each other out very well. So but we've hired a team that are very good at the things that we we're not great follow up, right? right? We don't, we don't follow through on projects very well. We have we come up with great ideas and we have the vision, um, but we need someone to like take it home. Um, but I, I think I think when we had that, once we realized that self awareness um, and, and those specific things, that really helped us hiring. So, um, you know, when you're ready to, to 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 make that move, think about what you're really bad at and hire someone that's really good at it, and yeah. then it, 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 you just sleep better at night too. You enjoy your job more. It's smart. Yeah. But then there comes the other the other side of that is
0: you have to. Trust that person to do what you've hired trust. them for, because if you don't, I yes. mean, there comes that micromanaging, there comes that annoyed employee. Um, yeah, learning, learning to trust that person, I think, is is probably uh, up there on, on skills.
1: Uh, you use the word learning, I think that's that was smart because <laughs> it's a it, you learn to trust them. Right <laughs> yeah. at first, it's tough. It's tough. It's, you, and, and look, there are certain things that no one's ever going to do the same way that you do. And I think that's a mistake that a lot of business owners make when you hear them say things like um, man, like, you know, how do I hire someone? We're we're in some groups and I'll hear people say this, like the people we hire, they just, they don't care about the company the same that we do. And it's like, of course they don't. It's, they're not, you know, you can't expect that. Like, a, a great, a great uh, team member is, and I guess I, I told you before. I don't really love using the word employee, right? Like I don't like that dynamic. But a, a team member, someone that's on your team, like the best you can hope for really is like ninety percent, and that's amazing, right? Because yeah. it's your, like, of course, of course they don't. So, um, but you, you just you need them to to care enough, and that's where the company culture comes into play, right? They they don't want their their teammates to to fail yeah. um, because of because of their lack of caring.
0: Yeah, makes sense.
1: Well, uh, I'm gonna cut real quick here uh, to show you a little commercial
0: break and we'll be right back with uh, Brett and Joe. Hey, Adam Stoltz here. Thank you so much for watching today's episode. We truly appreciate your support. You know, video shoots should be fun and rewarding for you and your team. Should be an experience worth bragging about. And so when you work with me, you can rest assured that you will have a wonderful time while we create excellent content to share with your audience. I'm here to listen to your needs advise you on the best approach, and execute on a level unparalleled by most. Your business and the story you're telling is more important than ever. So call or email today and find out why not all video is created equally. Find out more at adamstultz.com. That's A-D-A-M-S-T-U-L-T-Z.com. All All right, so welcome back. Thanks for watching that. And uh, let's jump right back in here. And actually, let's turn to Brett and make sure that he's still with us here. Back on, here. on the couch. Oh, he's, he's, he's here. Good. Um, so the next thing we want to talk about is entrepreneurship in general. And uh, let's start off with entrepreneurship about that initial leap, because that to me, that was the biggest hold up for me is just believing in yourself enough to do it. Um, and if I'm correct, Brett, you were you were bartending when uh, I guess you met Joe and, and were given this opportunity, right?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, I, um, I guess entrepreneurship for me dates back a long time um, growing up, you know, hanging out with friends. I come from a, a very modest household, I would say. Um, and I looked at other families and what their parents did and, um, the ones that in my mind as a child were successful were the ones that owned businesses. So that was ingrained in me that I was going to do something for myself at some point. I had no idea what that was going to be. Um, so when I went to school, uh, when I went to college, I majored in business and econ because I, I knew in my mind, I wanted to own something, um, and fast forward a little bit, uh. I, I worked at Paradiso actually in Westminster yeah. for, for years, um, as a busboy then as a server, uh, and then as a bartender and Joe has a passion for food or a love for food. I don't <laughs> know if you want to elaborate on that anymore, but we, we can <laughs> leave it for now at a passion for food. And it was around the time, I guess that you, Joe had moved, uh, to Westminster or we building a house in Westminster. So they didn't have like a full kitchen set up and he would come get carry out food for, for him and, and, uh, his wife. So we just built a good relationship there. And I think uh, several of our conversations were around entrepreneurship. So I'm sure somewhere along the line during one of our conversations, Joe got the idea in his head before he ever approached me about this, um, that I might be a good candidate to work with at some point. So that's kind of how it happened. Now, uh, similar to your story, Adam, with the, you know, taking the leap and having Kelly by your side, the, the good thing for me was, you know, Joe approached this as this is an opportunity to try to build something locally, I want to have a local presence, we'll see if it works. And if it goes well, which I assume it will, it can turn into a partnership. So that's that that last part there that it could turn into a partnership and that there would be business ownership, uh, potential and possibility was a key factor for me and super motivating for me. Um, but the the positive for me was I didn't have to take any of the risk that you would generally associate with diving into being an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, well, now I, I did, I did, still bartend two nights a week. So there was a, it was, uh, you mentioned effort. There was a lot of effort early on, but there was also huge motivation by the fact that it would be something that I could be a part of owning at some point, And that happened pretty quickly.
0: Well, and I would say there was a leap. I mean, if, if it didn't work out, you're back to waiting tables. And, and I'll just say this real quick. I've said it multiple times on the show. I mean, I waited tables for years myself. And, uh, often what I say is I was a very shy individual and waiting tables is the best thing I ever did because you have to figure out how to deal with whatever's in front of you. You're not you're not escaping from it, and it taught me. Actually, I think it's one of the things that served me best nowadays is being able to talk to people, and you know, even whether it's small talk or, or really trying to build a relationship with them. I mean, what have you seen as far as waiting tables has taught you in, in the business
2: world? What a timely question, Adam. <laughs> um, and Joe probably knows where I'm going with this. I got married back in December. Congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, that's what I was fishing for. Yeah, I so yeah, know. I know. You I know. We um, got it. And rather than, well, the best man and maid of honor weren't supposed to give a speech, but they ended up impromptu giving one. But rather than than them giving a speech, my wife and I gave a speech. And the whole uh, co- or the foundation for the speech was everything we learned working in a restaurant together and um it you learn so much and well one of the things one of the key takeaways that that i take from working in a restaurant was for me personally i'm naturally a very shy person natural introvert i when we started growing gauge locally i hated going to the networking events i was the guy in the corner that was you know standing there waiting for somebody (laughs) to approach me yeah And, and working at a restaurant really helped me come out of my shell just from a communication standpoint and you know, you're not in business for yourself but you are as a server as a bartender because you're trying to make money and, and it's all based on tips so yeah um it's a it's a great segue and i think everybody at some point in their life should experience that
0: i i agree with that and i'm, I'm sure joe wouldn't argue as a, a fellow foodie here uh i think everyone in this room is, is a, a food absolutely lover um so you know though as far as not only getting the business started but like even reaching out to Brett, I mean, cause you could offer him this opportunity to all fail. And then that's kind of on you as well. So, I mean, how, how did you get over that, that first step, that, that initial fear of like, I don't know what we're doing, but we're going to go do it, you know?
1: So it's, it's more complicated than that because I've had businesses before, okay. and I've, I had a couple that failed. Um, you know, and, and the one thing, um, you know, and and I learned from every one of them. Like th- that is an absolute lesson um, to fail in business. Uh, you learn all kinds of things. Um, you come out a different person. And it, and and it was a dark time in my life when that happened. I, mean, I thought my life was over. Right. Like I right. thought I was like it was gloom and doom. And I remember when it happened. It was like in the middle of winter too. Right. So I got a job for the first time after having a business for years. And um, like walking out of it and it's already like night, like total black. It's like, um, you know, like 11 degrees outside. And it couldn't have been more like depressing, right? Like it was like, and I remember being like thinking about that as I walked out. I was like, you know what? Don't let this get to you because it's just, it's just the environment right now. Right. Um, but I learned so many uh, lessons from that, that when I, when we came into this, I don't want to say that um, we just kind of you know nailed everything because we didn't. Um, but it was a lot smoother because of my previous failures. Right. So, um, nothing else I had ever done was smooth and it was just riddled with mistakes. So, um, and I don't care how much college you have, how much, (laughs) you know, um, how much experience you have working for someone that can help if you worked in the industry, but like, you know, um, yeah, money, I mean, you're just going to burn through it at first. And in fact, I think, I think the best way to start a business is with no money to start it. I I will say that this is one of my favorite stories. You're, you'll like this. This is going to add some entertainment value to this, um, because so far it's just been a big motivational speech after Brett, Brett will be the judge <laughs> of this. Uh, yeah. So this is how the business started. Uh, so this this was this was before this was before a little before Brett. This was just you know uh, I, we go down to um, um, this guy gets me into uh, um, an auto dealership and um, he and I he was he was we were trying to figure out what we were going to do with this thing. Um, you know he he worked for a marketing company that did marketing for. Toyota as a group, five state region, tier two advertising. Well, I, won't, I won't get into that, but essentially they don't do the tier three stuff, which is the dealership advertising for themselves. They, they work on brand, right? Like Toyota. Right. So we go down to call Virginia and we try we do the sales pitch. This, this Toyota dealership down there. And, um, the guy halfway through the pitch just walks out of the room and we're like, well, this didn't go well. <laughs> and I, you know, at the time we pitched, it was like a $2,000 a month management fee and a $1,000 um, startup, like start, you know, setup fee. And um, and then there was ad spend and stuff like that, but that was the package. So he like walks out of the room, like shortly after we said that. And I was like, man, this isn't like that's, you know, we, I drove like four or five hours down here, like this is a dud. And when he came back, he had the setup fee check. And so it took a, a very good turn, right? right? But on the check, it was written out to gauge digital marketing. <laughs> I hadn't set up the LLC or got a bank account or anything yet. This was the first pitch. I hadn't even made it official business yet. So for a minute, I thought maybe we would just use that name <laughs> because right. because he, he wrote it down <laughs> wrong. Um, so I, my point is though, like we kind of start. I started with like a, a good first, a great first customer, right? Yeah. And he was very easy to work with too, the GM of that that store. And then we actually grew into the rest of that um, auto auto group. And while we. Closed other clients and whatnot. And I had it in um, through this guy that did the tier two advertising, who was some, you know, he was, he was kind of a partner in the business at the time. Right. Um, and I'll give a shout out to him. His name's Justin Simon. He owns a uh, driven, a driven media group. They do automotive exclusively. Okay. Um, and you know, he's one of the, we were in each other's weddings. Like, I was like is roommate. that kind of
0: why you got into auto when you started? Coll-
1: yeah. College room. He, he had like a, he was, he was like a really good, like he was like a referral partner and we, we had, we had some things worked out there. Um, but, um, but like, I love that story because we got off to a great start, but like every other, like the other businesses I started when we were younger, um, it was a, it was a real grind in the beginning. So right. we just came in with some experience and some know-how and we got a. A real fresh start with this, and um, that really helped. Um, so all the scary stuff really happened previously. Before. It's been a long journey that what didn't start with Gage. So
0: well, well, let's talk about what you you talked about a, a lot there, and and Brett, jump in whenever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but but failure and and reframing your mindset with failure, because a lot of people, I mean, again, until I started my own business and started getting into this personal enrichment stuff and, and business growth and all that. Most people see failure as just that. Uh, well, I'm done. It's over. No point in continuing. But uh, as you touched on, every failure taught you something and taught you how to do it better and not do that again when you started your third, fourth business. You know. So uh, how did how early on did you learn that your relationship with failure had to be different than what is typically?
1: Yeah. So I'll even go as far as to say, I think the word failure is overused, right? Because it doesn't just because you like people call things failures that are just challenges, right? Right. And and, and maybe they're failures, too. I mean, some of them are failures, right? There are real failures out there. But I I think that you're going to, you know, the traditional use of the word failure, you're going to fail more than you win. And if you're not, you're not pushing hard enough or trying hard enough, you, you're not gonna be a successful entrepreneur if you're afraid of failure or you have an unhealthy fear of failure. You're not gonna be a successful right?
0: anything if you're afraid of failure.
1: I, I agree, you have to be You have to be really lucky. There are a handful of people out there, <laughs> but it, 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 most likely it's not gonna be you, right? Yeah. So I think that um, you need to go in saying that, um, I, I want more wins today than I do failures, or more wins this week than I do failures, or more wins this month or year, depending on your business and how it's set up. And you just you just try to keep that balance in the right direction. Um, and and you don't always get it. I didn't mention you get more failures, you know, than than wins. And I think that is true. Um, I, I think that hopefully the better you get, the the more it tips in your favor over time. But maybe not. Maybe maybe you get more you get more risky in, in how you do business. Look, right. look when we have a lead that comes through we close less of them than the ones we don't. Um, But we're also picky with who we work with now too. So, um, but it's, it's not always a failure. It's a failed lead. I mean, if it failed somewhere, the marketing failed if it came through and it's not a good lead, right? So it might not be a sales failure, but it might be a marketing failure. And every one of those, you just have to say, is this in my control? Can we improve it? If not, who cares, right? Because that's going to happen no matter what. Those failures, those are going to happen. You, right. you know, some you're never going to be able to avoid, um, but you just have to change your, your mindset of uh, failures should either make you, you know, th- they can make you angry or you could be very nonchalant about it and, and you can be successful either way, but if they, but they need to motivate you. Failures well, should motivate you to do better. And that, that, that's the key, I think, to entrepreneurship or success in anything.
0: Well, motivate you, but also learn something from them, right? I mean, I, I would think out of every quote unquote failure is a lesson.
1: Yeah. And you know, so there's, all. have you ever heard the story of the Chinese farmer? No, so it's a great it, this story goes back like centuries, right? It actually comes out, comes out of China. It's one of those like Confucius type things. Right. But it's, it's like, it's a very basic story. That's kind of like, it kind of also, it, it gives you the idea that just because something happens that you perceive as bad, doesn't mean it's bad. Right. So it starts off with, um, uh, there's a farmer, his horse runs away, right? A horse runs away. Everyone in the village says, I'm so sorry you lost your horse. And he's like, well, you know, we'll see. And uh, the, like a couple of days later, the horse comes back and it brought three wild horses with it. Like, you know, and, and everyone's like, you're so lucky. Like, you know, brought these horses back and the, and the Chinese farmer says, well, you know, we'll we'll see. And a few days later, the the, the, the farmer's son um, falls off one of the horses and breaks his leg. And everyone's like, I'm so sorry. He's like, well, we'll see. Right. He's like, "That that's terrible. We're so sorry. Um, well, you know, the military comes around. They're, they're getting conscripts. They're, there's a war. Right. The son doesn't have to go because he's got a broken leg everyone's like you're so lucky he's like we'll see and you can go on forever and everywhere yeah. but the idea is you don't know if something is really going to be bad if in five years you look back as a negative thing look i failed out of college i was starting a business in college and when i did look and it was great mcdaniel gave me a second chance they didn't <laughs> give me a third and that's fair they, they warned me ahead of time they weren't right. going to give me a third um I thought my world was over, right? Like I was the first person in my immediate family to go to, to go to college and I blew it. Right. Looking back, not only am I super happy that happened because it created a whole string of events that led me to where I am today. But I also don't regret going there because that led to a whole lot of, I mean, um, uh, my wife that I'm married to, um, having a business here, being the mayor of Westminster, none of that would have happened if I didn't come here, but gauge wouldn't have happened if I didn't fail out. So it's, it's one of those things. I look back at all those gloomy days of my life. Almost every one of them turned into something good or made room for something good that wouldn't have existed otherwise. And, and I think the experience of that and having the, like the awareness of that happening. I think changed my outlook on, on failures and, and negative things yeah. happening to you. Cause I don't know if it's really a, ne- a negative, you know, I mean, I mean, you might, you might spin this video into something really bad and just clip my words together and have me say something awful. Very little and, editing in this and, show. And, and if you do, maybe it'll feel horrible, but maybe it'll go viral and I'll be an internet sensation in, in a year. So, <laughs> so you never, yeah, you never, you never really know. My, my point is yeah. that you never really know. Um, true. You know, there are a few things, you know, a loss of a loved one, loss of health, things like that. Um, outside of those things, you never really know if something's gonna be bad or good.
0: Yeah, very true. Very true. And And I'm gonna change gears here a little bit because there's something in there that I wanna touch on where you said, you know, you, you're you more really narrowing down on the work that you're taking. Uh, and Brett, I, I might just turn to you for this one. I mean, I, I remember telling you before we hit record, one I found out that once I niched down, I was like, look, I only do business videos. Um, yep. You know, I don't do weddings, I don't do events. I found out that it's funny that that, that work came around. So why are you guys niching down and why, why have you started going down that path as well?
2: Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, this all ties together really well. One of the things of the past, seven years of gauge in our current form um, that we've learned is, well, there's a a bunch of things we learned there. As an entrepreneur, you have this mindset to, um, let's say a new lead comes in and it looks like a really cool opportunity, but you've never worked on something like that before. We all have this mindset, let's just sell it and we'll figure it out. So in doing that, um, you figure out what you're really good at. And uh, that's what we've done over the past seven years is we figured out the types of businesses that we kill it for. And those are the those are, are the types of businesses that we we want to work with. So um, that's a very simple explanation of of why. But yeah, we we're, we're in a position now where we can be selective. And I think something in our partnership that that works out well is when one of these leads comes through that we both know probably isn't the best fit. We'll discuss it still and say should we? But I think we're both hoping the other one helps talk the other wow. one out of out of pursuing that um, because it doesn't really fit the mold. And we find ourselves doing that often. So it's uh, it, It's awesome to be able to, to know what you're good at. And well, focus on that, that.
1: being said, every now and then one comes through and I'm like, this is going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be fun, let's yeah, right. do this. We'll right, make, exceptions. We if, if, make uh, exceptions. If a brewery or a distillery or something cool is like, hey, we need like a whole branding design thing done. At the end of the day, we might not profit a dollar off of that, but I don't think we turn that down. I, I think I think there are some Absolutely. things that it's like, yeah. we'd like to keep the work fun for us and for the people. And that's why we do a lot of pro bono work. It's right. very outside of scope. But a lot of those projects to be fun and fulfilling. And um, yep. so, but yeah, we're usually on the pretty yeah. same page and yeah. you know, there are industries that serve us better and industries we serve better and we keep well,
0: it. Well, I think this brings up an interesting point too. Like we were talking about the hiring process is changing, but I, I the more I talk to business owners, a hey, business is changing. Like 10 years ago, would you heard a business being like, ah, we don't take the work that we don't want to do. Or, you know, like we, we, you know, like typically it was make, take everything you can, make whatever you can. Yeah. Who cares? It's money, money, money. And now it just seems like across the board, everyone's like, If I'm good at it, if it makes me happy, I'll do it. Otherwise, you know, what's the point? I I just find it's
1: interesting mind shift going on, just not with hiring, but with with business owners as well. Yeah, well, I I think people have learned that when you niche, and we don't have one niche, but we have a handful of niches. And, um, you know, we work largely in in home service clients, um, you know, roofers, plumbers, uh, you know, um, and uh, HVAC, things like that. And also like legal, we do some work in education, some tech, um, real estate. Um, but there are they're a lot of, ex- well, education and tech are very different, but like a lot of those are very similar in terms of the channels and things right. like that. So, um, it's about specializing and being really good at something. You can't be really good at everything. Right. And I think that, um, you know, at the end of the day, you make more money doing that. Um, it might, yeah. it doesn't feel like it. It's very counterintuitive, right? Yeah. Like turning down business doesn't feel smart or good, especially when you're first starting. When you're first starting, you don't, we'd take anything, you know, and, and we'd make it work, we'd make it work. Um, but then as you scale, one of the other things you realize though is there's a client that maybe pays you $500 a month, right? And in the beginning, that's a great client. You're profiting off it. You're doing a great work for them. Um, but if you continue to do great work for them, and that's that's always our, our number one priority. Um, as you grow and you build an organization, you have different levels, that client may long, no longer be profitable. Right. So it's also a nature of our business. Those clients were great for us several years ago. They're just not great for us now. We keep them, we keep them happy, um, but uh, we're not pursuing any more of those necessarily, and we do that by by picking the niches that have the you know have the pack, you know can handle the packages that allow us to provide the level of service that allow a dedicated account strategist and things That's like right. that. And um, so it was a lear- it was a learning process, but it was also just a process process. And um, and you know, I think people are learning that. I think I think you don't have to be good at everything or try to take on every little bit of business. That doesn't mean you're going to make more money.
0: Well, and I mean to your point, I I think I've told this story before. When I first started out, I had a lady approach me about a project from what i charge now very little money for this project and she ended up long story short just being a a huge pain like calling me every half hour do i have steak or do i have fish do i turn left or do i turn right you know and i to your point i just started out i really needed money for the first time in my life after so much of this i called her up was like listen this isn't going to work out best of luck to you here's your money back the next day I had a job come in for twice as much. And what I learned in, in that moment was there's a reason you want to turn down some work because then you leave the, the space open for the work that you do want. That's yep. going to pay you what you need. And, and and if you take every job, you limit those doorways for the stuff that you do want.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and you know, especially when you're when you're when you're when you're a young company and you're lean, it's one, two, three people. Um, it also keeps you from pursuing the business that you want, right? You know, that you're going to do less things that are going to get you in front of possible uh, prospects that you want if you're constantly bogged down by those by those phone calls. Or right. and, and it's usually not their fault. Um, they're just different types of people out right. there, and yeah. there are people that are just starting that would love that client. Let them have it. Right. You know. Well, and I make uh, the comment to Kelly the other day.
0: I was like, it's weird. I'm actually taking work based on whether it makes me happy or not. Because I, I have found that like, I don't care how much you pay me. If your job makes me wake up every day and angry and that I don't want to do it, it's I've hit a point where it's just not worth it to me. And I'd rather take the less money and, uh, and be happier at the end of the day than you know, be paid whatever it is you want to throw at me, but then make my life miserable
1: throughout the process. Yeah, and the most important part of that, at least speaking from my own perspective, is when I'm doing work that I want to do, um, I'm a I'm a better father. I'm a better husband. Yeah. I'm a better friend. I'm a better business partner. You know, like everyone works better together. People people like their job. People don't quit. It costs you money to have problems. I'm I'm know? glad
0: you brought that up because yeah, what I realized it was affecting was my relationship with my son, my wife, my family. It's like to lose that over a job. it's just it's not worth it. So there, um, there's
2: one other piece of this conversation as you two were discussing that that sticks out to me is that there's a there's a company culture and a happiness with team members too, when you're bringing on the right type of client for you. And this specifically applies to our organization, but I I would assume this applies to different industries all over the map. When we, if we, if Brett were to go crazy one day and sell this random account, that's not like anything we've ever worked on before, and then turn it over to the team that, that actually handles the operations and the client facing activity there's going to be frustration. There's going to be thoughts, why did Brett sell this? What was he thinking? We've never worked on an account like this. So something that Joe and I are really cognizant of now is if a cool opportunity does present itself, is getting buy-in from our team members that will be working on the account after the account is sold um, so that you don't get started off with negativity um, from the beginning.
0: Very, very smart. Well, uh, we are, wow, time is flying by. And I know there's one more thing we want to talk about. And I definitely want to talk about it with you guys because I know you're big into this. I know it means a lot to Gage and your employees. It's community involvement and philanthropy. Um, let's start with the community portion real quick. Um, I know philanthropy is the community, but like one thing I wanna try to get through to this show is if you're gonna start a business, you're not doing it without becoming an active supportive member of the community, making relish- relationships with other members of the community. So, So why is just community minus philanthropy, why is just community so important?
1: I mean, community is everything, right? I mean, if you're if you're down on your luck or you you're going through bad times, who are you gonna lean on? I mean, it starts with your family and your friends, but like it just goes out from there. They're, like they're they're the core of the community, right? To right. you, I think community is just um, and you know there are people out there that need that when you don't, and I think that's um, as humans, we you know we've we've um, we've evolved in the in the in the uh, you know um, I don't know what. Um, you know, species that, that relies on community. Right. So, um, I think it's in our nature, uh, to, to, to want to be part of a community and everyone wants the benefits of the community, but you have to be you know cognizant about contributing, um, as much or more to it when you can. And I think one of the biggest things we do is we have a business here and we have a business where we treat people, right. We treat our clients, right. We treat our um, emplo- you know, employees well. And, um, we have a successful business here. I think it looks, it looks great. Our building looks great on main street. We have events where people are invited. We, we give opportunities for people to network. We try to, we try to get people, we connect um, business owners with other business owners that may be able to do business. And um, one of the reasons I wanted to live here, um, you know, I, I lived here for college and I came back is because, you know, for one, the schools, I, I wanted to have a place with good schools, but the other thing was the business community. I noticed that yeah. everyone's very helpful. You're, comp- we're, we get along really well with our competitors, right? So um, like, you know, I, uh, Randy Goldstein at Bismarck Key. Um, I talk to him like almost every day on Facebook about something, right? Like we like we chat all the time. Um, and, you know, we get along with John Allen. Um, we collaborate with Cone Creative, more so Breck. They're on the, the Carroll Tech Council right. or yeah. the Carroll Tech and... Innovation. Yeah, I have been a member of that for a long time, so I always forget uh, the, yeah. the new name. Um, but you know, we we work well, and we refer people back and forth when they're not like the ideal fit for yeah. us, but they might be. And I just love that. And and not every industry is like that necessarily. Not, not every, every community, community is like yeah. that. Yeah, but I, I really like. I think that's so. The business community is really really important in that aspect. Um, But, you know, look, you know, I ran for mayor as 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 because I wanted to improve the community. I had no political aspirations above above municipal, you know, um, politics or government. Um, But I want I just wanted a better Westminster. I had some ideas and I wanted to I wanted to to try to get them implemented. And um, and I will say that 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 is a big piece of the community. Brett took on a lot of work while I was doing that. And um, so he contributed a lot to that Um, to the
2: community I asked two,
1: yeah yeah (laughs) through taking uh, things off of me I'll I'll say I asked two people (laughs) permission when I ran it was it was my wife and it was Brett so um but yeah you know community is so important because what what do you have if you don't have if you don't have community right like it's it's everything and we have a great community and that's just Westminster but in Carroll County I think I think the organizations and the um and you know and and the, the the philanthropy um I just see so much of it here. It's it's very heartwarming. It's, it's it's one of the reasons I'd like to like to be here.
0: Well, I'm glad you brought up the the business community because that's one reason I wanted to start this show. Uh, like
1: I said, I, I've told
0: most people when I worked down in Baltimore, I was harassed constantly. Like, What's up, Carroll County? You know, <laughs> you, you dumb hick farmer and all. You know, like and and what people outside of Carroll County think of Carroll County just flabbergasted me. It's like wow, yeah. like that's really what everyone thinks. So you know, I wanted to show like not only is Carroll County producing really cool businesses and people, but like. Uh, to your point i th- i most other places i don't see business community members helping one another and, and supporting and rooting yeah. each other on and saying yeah i hope you succeed
1: like i, I think it's a really unique thing about this county it's not you know, it's the exception not the norm and yeah. and you know here's the other thing we have a lot of great stuff going on here we have and we have a lot of tech companies, a lot of cool people, like a lot of things people don't realize are out here. When you look at companies like like Scale, and you look at companies, um, uh, like you know, like uh, I mean, like like ours, ours is a great example of that. Um, both of our companies, and and it's uh, it being part of the tech council, we're very aware of a lot of those uh, businesses. But look, Westminster, um, it was like it was the first municipal uh, fiber network being built in the state. Yeah. Um, Westminster is also the the first uh, municipality that has a pilot program It's called the Pure Water for Water Reuse program in the state of Maryland, like Westminster's the first that doing a lot of things, yeah. you know? Um, you know, so it's, it's where we're ahead of the curve in a lot of things. Um, and, and, know Westminster is the seat of Carroll County. So it's not Westminster doing it by themselves. It's, you know, that like I include the county in that, like, right. the county seats, the biggest municipality there, can't do it without county collabor- collaboration right. um, and the other, the business partners that the city has in the in the, in the city and the county. So, um, you know, there's this uh, view of Carroll County and that's because people drove through it. <laughs> they drove through it and they went past all the good stuff. You know, and right. they, they just need to make a left off of 140 to check all the stuff out. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Well, and the
0: other thing I found funny too, is was like, you know, I- I was like, I, when I learned what I learned down in Baltimore, I was like, I'm going to take this back to Carroll County because the other mis- misconception was there's no money in Carroll County. And to your point, with all the, the nonprofits and the donations and the things that there's a lot of money here uh, and, and people are very generous with, with it and, and very kind with it to give back and, and do all that good stuff. So um, real quick, before we wrap up, let's, let's swing to you, Brett, real quick because I know you're part of this as well. But what about the philanthropy that Gage does? I know you guys are out all the time you know, with Boys and Girls Club and other and other people in the area, um, what's some of the stuff you guys do for Carroll County?
2: Yeah, I'm going to uh, I guess I'll, I'll try to tie this all together here, because I remember when we first started giving back to golf tournaments and donating our time and volunteering or donating websites or whatever it was at the time. It felt good to do that. But I think now the 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 rewarding part of the philanthropy is actually seeing what that donation of time did or what what that website that you donated or, or, or you're working on what that organization does and you mentioned boys and girls club uh joe and i were talking about this recently one of the memories that sticks out to me and i'll give a shout out to uh, atlas nick and greg over there yeah, because yeah. Yeah, greg, yeah. um they were a big part of, they, they spearheaded this it was a, a thing we did for the boys and girls club where they assembled a bunch of backpacks so we were just a small part of the overall um uh, event but we we turned it into a company culture and uh, an event to give back, um, team building exercise. So uh, a few members of our team went out to the store, they purchased backpacks, they purchased things off the list. Then we had an assembly line in the office and we stuffed backpacks. But the cool part was when we walked from our office over to the Boys and Girls Club, and I think Joe and I were both walking behind the whole team and we see our whole team and their demeanor was just so cool. Everybody's smiling, they're having a great time, they have backpacks on and they, I don't even think they fully understood what we were doing. We get to the Boys and Girls Club, And all the kids are there and Sean Davis is making announcements and he's calling up the kids in groups to come pick up their backpack. And and you could see our team talking about, I picked that one out. She loves it. She loves the design. And for us, it was just really cool to see the impact it had from a culture standpoint, but also the impact that that donation had on the children of the Boys and Girls Club. And it goes, it's the same thing for all these other organizations that we give back to. It's really cool to see the positive impact that it has.
0: Yeah. So what are some of the other organizations that that you guys give back to and...
1: Yeah. So, um, so well, the boys and girls club is definitely one of them together. We own it. Okay. Um, Katie, uh, there's, uh, yep. she's going to be a guest soon. She's, she's she's like, she's an angel. Like yeah. she, like she does everything. She's amazing. Like, yeah, like, I, I look forward to seeing that. And episode. her mission's her mission's great. Yeah. Great. And like, she just does things that no one in a million years would think someone, you know, her, right out of college would be able to do like she's, she's crushed it. So, um, and, uh, and uh, McDaniel college, we have a scholarship fund there for children uh, for, you know, for students that are, um, Carroll County natives. That are first generation college students. Um, they come from a single parent home. Okay. So we, you know, we, we focus most of it on children education. So if you if you look kind of how that works, um, uh, the uh, you know the the hospital foundation. Um, uh, we you know we we support a lot of that stuff, um, and s- some of these things we have like real like. Like money that we like we commit to over a certain amount of years. Other times they have events, and we always like take the whole team. And we get like a couple of tables there, and we, right. we try to spend money on like um, the auctions and things like that. That adds up, to, you know, adds up to thousands of dollars. But it's a little more informal the giving. Um, but um, if if it has anything to do with children and or education, um, and we give plenty to other organizations too. But our focus and the majority of what we do um, kind of falls falls into into sure, that.
0: True. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, before we leave where can everyone find you? Not only physical address, but website, social media, all that good stuff.
1: Yeah. So gauge digital media.com and all of our, that's the easiest place because all of our social media is going to be off of that. Of course, if you, if you search gauge digital media and that's G A U G E, uh, digital (laughs) media, um, you can find us, uh, there and, um, um, you know, we're, we're 289 East main street. Um, we have the coolest building, the coolest uh, office in Westminster. In my opinion, it's a lot of fun. We have events, um, We'd love for people to stop by when we have them. Um, although you know we're working a very uh, remote slash hybrid model right now, so don't just stop by any day. Um, and, and Maryland IT is located on that. It's kind of like a campus. It's like two buildings and, and okay. three stories. So it's it's um we they're there with us kind of. Um, cool. So we're we're all we're all right there. Maryland you know Maryland IT uh, for our other our other venture that we don't run, but we're we're marketing and financial partners um, there yes. and. Uh, yeah, that's where you can find, but you can find us at like all the big events too. We're, we're around, you know, we're, yeah. we're, we're everywhere. You can find us pretty much anywhere these days. And Joe's, Joe and Brett are both pretty easy to spot
0: in a the crowd. They're both rather tall, so <laughs> you should be able to find them. But uh, yeah, if you need any digital marketing needs, websites, uh, social media, all that good stuff, please reach out to uh, Gage Digital. Uh, I'm sure you'll be speaking with Joe or Brett to start and then hand it over to their wonderful team. But um, Brett, Joe, thank you so much for being here today. We appreciate your time. Thank um, you. Thanks for having us, man. No problem. For, uh, for all of you out there listening today, please be sure to like, subscribe, leave a five-star rating. Uh, you can also donate to our calls right on our homepage at aroundtowncc.com. And as we always say when we sign off, take care, be good to one another, and uh, we'll see you next time on Around Town. Around Town is made possible with support from listeners like you. You can learn more about me, your host, and my company at adamstultz.com. That's A-D-A-M-S-T-U-L-T-Z dot com. Please don't forget to support us through a donation either at anchorfm.com/aroundtowncc or right on our homepage at aroundtowncc.com. See you next episode. I am a video maker, visual effects, motion graphics artist storytelling production studio.
1: I build video with passion and love. Visit me now at adamstaltz.com.